Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 3. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Iolana Makani, the Air Genasi Mystic, and you can find me at Killer on Twitter. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the Human Monk, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Nate on Twitter. Hi, I'm Shannon. I play Aranis Gray, also known as Gray the Great to my fans, and the Bard of the Bard's Rebellion. I am a half-elf bard, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Shannon on Twitter. And you can find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Iolana, as you begin your research in the humble study of the Driftwood House, you can hear the meeting to discuss the withering get underway, and quickly fall apart. The harried voices carry through the halls, complemented only by the pacing footfalls of a pair of guards down the other end of the hall. Darwin and Aranis, despite Count Vera's and Countess Arena's efforts, To keep this varied collection of representatives focused on the task at hand, many are using this opportunity to further benefit from the supposedly concerted effort. Pavia and Izum, the Dread Mounds, want rights to the bodies of those who succumb to the condition. Hemert Barkblade and Ismara Delvkin, the dwarves from the Protectorate of Wood, claim that an artifact in their former home may help, but they need help reclaiming it. The constructs who came to your aid, Mersakeen and Holbrock, are willing to outfit an expedition, but need help saving their home of Anjuntir first. Elizabeth, the Inspector General, believes whoever caused this can fix it, so she wants to start a manhunt. <laughs> Court, the Elder Grung, and Adriana Baufall, Aranis' mom, simply want to help. Court, because he wants to return the favor, and Adriana at the insistence of Viscount Alicia. Felicity Hollowbrook has opened several religious tomes in search of answers. On the other side of the table, Wingwin and Mavic seem to simply be observing, whereas Gosia and Ovid furiously keep detailed notes of all that is happening here. Baron Misha is simply doing what they can to hide the extent to which the withering is affecting them a difficult task with half of their face and much of their torso already having ossified. And as the voices continue to interrupt one another, Count Vera frantically tries to restore order. But it is taking a visible toll. The skin on her arms and face grows taut as the bone transformation increases. A breeze blows through the room and down the hall. Before settling in the study, as Iolana's father, Huracan, reveals himself before her. What are people doing? We can go to either side of this. 
Ernest looks like they need a minute to think about what's going on over there. <laughs> you go ahead. If you've got something. I've got it, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's like, because you're, yeah. Unless Darwin is like chomping at the bit. No, I'm good. Okay, I've got this. All right. Uh, we'll start in the study then. Ilana, as your father emerges from the wind itself. What do you want? Ilana's <laughs> not a little thrilled that dad said, go to the realm of the dead. <clears throat> And then I'm, she takes a breath. Give me a second. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to like <laughs> remind myself. I'm sorry. Is there a reason for your visiting me? Always. Mm. I wanted to offer some information that could help you. Are you aware that there are celestials here? I do believe I saw them on the streets. Yes, they're currently in that meeting right now. And both of them have brought some very useful items that we've yet to be able to get our hands on. The Celestials from that temple have the ability to take memories in a physical form. Their gloves, that they use for this purpose, might come in handy if you find anybody less than willing to cooperate. The ability to read a memory, after all, is far better than relying on somebody's possible lies. That does sound like it would benefit the Inquisition quite a lot. Mm -hmm. How goes your research? Well, I haven't been here for long. I'm just beginning to sift through the information in the room. Very well. Should I just leave you to it then? Mm. You seem to have a lot of knowledge about the situation and where we are. I just have been in this room for a few moments. Could you guide me in a general direction to help my research? A study is a good starting point. The nobility here on Sarakar have been known to keep some very useful information. At a glance, none of these books here catch my eye. But that's what you're doing here. But if there's something you need from elsewhere... Mm, I'm trying to think about what Dad could do. A lot. He's a djinn. Yeah, I know. I think I'm going to need a minute. Okay. <laughs> you want to go to them and then come oh, back Oh, you to need me. more than a minute? Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay. Because I'm really, I'm, I'm racking my brain here. Okay. I, wanna, I don't want to rush it like I've done with Vail because I want to play you line out a little more. I didn't know if that thoughtful. was like, I need a minute. Let me just look at some notes real it quick. Was or if it was <laughs> and then I realized nothing was coming out. Okay. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to need actually more than a minute. All right, then. Ilana, as you and your father talk about how to proceed next in your research. We'll go back to the meeting room where things are getting out of hand and Count Vera is only getting worse. Darvin, Aranis, what are you doing? I watch Count Vera and what is happening to her and I watch all the arguments happening around the room and finally just stand up on my chair and shout, stop. Okay. I think it's such a bold move, such a breach of etiquette, let's say, standing up on a chair and shouting. Up until now, yeah, this has been disarguments and interruptions, but nobody's getting up. Nobody's like shouting insults. It's just stronger tone of voice. So everybody turns to look at Aranis. I want you to all look at what you're doing to her. And I, I gesture to Count Vera. Do you see what this thing does? Do you see what will happen to 
a great many of us if we keep arguing. (sighs) So I'm going to stop you arguing. I'm going to just mentally apologize to Darwin really quick for the fact that I might get killed right here. Sorry, Darwin. (laughs) Protect you as best I can. I got a leg sword now. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that the dwarves were also included in this. Because I was going to have Elizabeth start up, but um, not yet. <laughs> and also, I want to go to the dwarves that have been here and haven't had a chance to do anything. Oh. I think it would be a bit more in their nature to question without arguing. Um, so who's it going to be? Uh, Hemert. Hemert Barkblade. He's an older dwarf, but not yet graying. I believe as I described him before, he's got golden flowers in his hair and in his beard. And he will stand up. Not on his chair, just on his feet. Doesn't increase his height greatly, being a dwarf. He'll stand up and motion over to Count Vera. Of course we see what's happening to her. Just like we see what's happening to me and Ismara and all of our families back home. We're not here to make it worse. But if we're to make it better, we can't just go off collecting bodies or going on manhunts. Now, we might be able to help you with something from Ismara's homeland in the Protectorate of Stone, if we could actually get back in there. But we don't want it to get any worse. We just need everybody else to actually listen. Frustrated, he still wants something out of this. But at the same time, he's not only to, like, give too much up to other people. Unreasonably so. Um, as he stands and starts talking, I get down off my chair. I really only did it to, like, just get everybody's attention so they would stop fighting and stop hurting Count Vera. Um, would I call him by his name? Do I know? Would I know yeah, his yeah. name? Everybody, like, all the names that I've mentioned, like, these people have been introduced. You've heard their names during this start of the conversation. I also didn't want to do 20 fucking introductions. That's fair. Yeah. His name's Hammert. Hammert? Hammert. Hammert. Hammert Barkblade. Hammert Barkblade. He does have a title, but first names are fine. Thank you, Hammert. My intention was not to propose something else that we all should go and do. My intention was simply noticing that the fighting and Count Vera trying to maintain control was actually worsening her condition to bring us all back together. Hmm. Some mumbles among the crowd. Also, there is no reason why... We can't, as a largish group of people with more people that are not in this room, accomplish all of these things. Why the, we call them plant folk? Uh, Yeah, you can call them plant Plant folk. folk. Why the plant folk can't see if those that have already succumbed can be helped or something can be done. Why a team can't go after this dwarven artifact. And, Elizabeth, as for your manhunt, it is unnecessary. Oh, damn. She immediately stands up and, like, forcefully puts a hand on the table. Of course it's necessary. This doesn't happen across the world without somebody doing something. If it's a god, I will take them down myself. Elizabeth, stop. I did this. (laughs) Oh, shit. I sh- Uh Uh-oh. Knew it. Will you? I didn't know it, but I should have known it. Will you let me tell you why? And as she says this, you can see 
this dark, viscous acid dripping from the corners of her mouth in anger. Will you let me tell you why? You're going to have to say something. <sighs> so right now, it's just a question of whether or not I bring you back to the king or I bring your head back to the king. I died. Doesn't look like it. Really not at all. Good call. <laughs> I died. And we negotiated with Coram. We negotiated on the basis that... Mm, his law states that the only the only good death is a permanent one. We reasoned with him that my death was in fact not a good death, but a bad death, and managed to convince him to send me back. But it was not without conditions. One of which was, should I die again before completing this mission he set before me, that I would be damned. The task he set to me was to kill the god of chaos with no other instructions. We sought help where we could. We used what we could. If any of you require those details, I can go into them. But suffice it to say, we got the necessaries together. We came back to the town of Capris where we had visited before. We went to see a small shop with many magical items run by someone named Patches, someone who some of you may or may not have heard of him. Oh, yeah. The locals definitely know Patches. Um, Patches is not what was not what he seems to be. Patches is, in fact, the god of chaos. Was the god of chaos. He is now dead. And apparently, the side effect of killing the god of chaos is to curse the world. And I sit down. And slump in my chair a bit. Your mom stares at you in shock. Not sure how to process this yet. Elizabeth just seems to be getting infuriated. Before any of them do anything. Darwin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Um, Arnis just blew any semblance of... Cover away. Yeah, I think at this point, no, I'm still trying to grapple with crap. What's my play here now? So I'm staying quiet for the time being. I don't think I can make things any better by talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably a Darvin rarely makes things better by talking. <laughs> rarely, but occasionally. He's done it before, though. It wouldn't be the first time. Um Okay, I need to decide who's going first here. Hmm. Aranus, as you finish your confession and sit back down, you feel the eyes of your mother just boring into you. She is shocked. Partially because you just admitted to this. Partially because if it's true, you killed a god and that is wild. <laughs> and she has no idea how to process this yet. Elizabeth is mad, but that's such the idea of what you did is so far out of left field, like so unexpected. She doesn't know what kind of mad to be yet. <laughs> <laughs> is this do I kill them now? Is this torture? 
Is this putting them on trial in front of the world? Felicity was going through some books, looking for some advice from Favon in her tomes, and just stops mid-page, like one page still up in the air, just looking like between Aranus and Darvin as just some confirmation here. Gosia and Ovid just are writing so many things down right now. <laughs> While they may not necessarily be here to lend you direct aid, cataloging everything that happens is equally important for them. And this is like a whole new volume of books. And as Countess Arena looks first to Vera, just to make sure she's not too weak from what's been going on. She looks out over the room. She raises her hand up in an attempt to get everybody's attention before anybody can overreact to try to keep things civil. But first, we'll go over to Iolana. Before things got too out of hand in the meeting room, Iolana, you were having a discussion with your father. Yes. So Iolana takes a moment takes a deep breath, composes herself, and says, Father, I understand the tasks you've given me. I know you have much you must do as a leader in the Inquisition, but there are a few things I'd like to ask you before you go off and do whatever you must. Knowing that I could study here, but that you have a wealth of knowledge at your command, do you know of anywhere I might find more success than in this library? More success in which way? Do you just want knowledge or do you want the actual ability to go there? They're very different things. That is true. The Capitol has a wonderful library. The Celestials, though I wouldn't recommend it, have a fantastic library. They just demand too much. The cost is extremely high. Especially for those of our order. I think the knowledge would be the most important, because then from there, the ability could be sought out or gained. I think that's mm -hmm. the step along the path. Well, then, yes, here on in this land, their capital, Vermilion is the next best knowledge. But if you know somebody who's actually been there, or somebody who, at a different age, knew how to teleport there, it would also be incredibly helpful. Unfortunately, that knowledge seems to have uh, become far more rare. Okay. Other than a sideshow somewhere, uh, ooh, where would nowhere have gone to show off the teleportation box? Ooh. I don't know. Would you have gone back home, or would you have done that here on Sarakar? I could have worked a deal with Mavic to make it a trick-slash-show at the Island of uh, Indulgence. Make some money off of it. I'll leave that up to nowhere. Because Mavic would offer that in a heartbeat. <laughs> um, I don't know. I considered that I was using it for trade purposes, but I suppose <laughs> I'd want to make money off of it as well. Like, in addition to making money with it. Does that make okay. sense? So for trade purposes, would that have been back home? Yeah, that would have been back home. And where's Nowhere Where's nowhere from? Where's their home base? She lives on Amranor. Okay, Amranor. The city of Port Dion. Ooh, we even have a city. Yeah. Mm. Very fancy. Okay. That was, well, that was important at some point. So I would have taken it back home. Where is the Island of Indulgence located? That is off the coast of Ataxis, I think. I think that's right. I have to look at my archive, too. That sounds right to me. Yeah, the Texas. Okay. Which is uh, farther north northeast of Amranor. Okay. So a ways. Yeah. From there. 
it would have been a significant journey to get it there. Eh. Then probably she would have found places to show it off, like, more locally. Okay. Amranor, then. Yeah, on Amranor. All right. Let's get back to the scene at hand here. But unfortunately, that knowledge is far less common than it once was. Outside of some sideshow trick, whatever. Maybe it's legit. Over on Amranor, nobody seems to really be teleporting anywhere and coming back. In your vast knowledge, having seen so much, and I don't mean that patronizing, it just came out that way, um, (laughs) that that was a player error there. Mm -hmm. Are you aware of any even legitimate myths or stories where something like this has been accomplished and by something like this i mean someone going to the realm of the dead and coming back well of course but again that's from a different age in recent memory no would you be willing to have some of the apprentices within the inquisition go through our archives for any sort of information that may assist me hmm I suppose. Can't guarantee when they'll have that information. Which I understand. But any sort of information that we have may come to me faster than the journeying and searching I may have to do. Hmm. Hmm. Wonderful. And last one. Father, I understand, is one within the guild. It is not likely that I would get an answer to this question, but as you are my father... Hmm. I ask as your daughter. I'm intrigued now. Me, the DM. If I'm going to risk my own life going to the realm of the dead for this changeling, why? Well then, daughter, the best answer I can give you, and he is putting some emphasis on you there, meaning Mm -hmm. you specifically, the best answer that I can give you is that it is very likely Vale was present for something that changed the world. And if the rumors of what I'm hearing from that meeting and from their associates are true, then it is of a far greater importance than what we normally do on a day-to-day. What they know about Corum's world, or what they know about this disease that's spreading across the world, could be highly beneficial. Based on what the guild knows... This withering is fatal, a hundred percent of the time. The only problem with it, of course, is that it affects far too many. If we could harness it, if we could target it down to the individual level, it would be an excellent tool. Father, thank you for your answer. I will do my best to continue on this process. You did mention Coram, and I do understand that I may be facing him at some point or speaking to him or interacting with him if I'm going to his realm. Do you have any thoughts as to whether or not he or another god, like, I'm going to probably say it wrong, Cobranal, the one whom we revere, might assist me or aid me in some way in this quest? Well, that's a very nice thought. <laughs> I'm not close enough to any of the gods to assure you that myself. You'd have to talk to somebody with a little bit more faith than me. 
<laughs> a little bit better connection. And as he says that, you hear, I knew it! <laughs> I should have known it! As Elizabeth explodes down the hall in anger, as Arnus has just revealed a very terrible truth, which you could not hear from here. You couldn't hear Arnus's confession. But at Elizabeth's outburst, your father's attention is quickly drawn. Excuse me. <laughs> and he just <laughs> turns into wind again and just flies out of the room. Poofs on out of there. Would it be possible from where I am at to attempt to listen to what's going on out there and not have it be a ridiculously high DC that I couldn't hit? From within the study or just within from, the without study. going in that room? Without, you know, within the study. Because I'm like, I know that there's guards in the hall, so I don't want to risk leaving and not being able to get back. Because I'm like, I'm here mm. and I know I want to do research here, at least since I am here. But also I feel like the research in, in me is now terribly curious as to what's <laughs> going on in that other room. And... Okay. I mean, without leaving the room, it's going to be difficult, but I'm not going to say it's impossible. You can always okay. press your ear up against the wall and hope to hear something. You'll hear something, I guarantee you. How useful it is, or how dangerous that is to you, <laughs> I can't guarantee. <laughs> That's for the dice to decide. But if, yeah, if you want to press your ear up against the wall and roll a perception check... Yeah, I think I'll start there and see how that rolls. You'll start there. Do you have something else up your sleeve? Well, I mean, going out would be the next step. Oh, okay. Ilana, you want to press your ear against the wall and see if you can listen to what's happening at this meeting. Go ahead and roll perception. (laughs) I like the Ravenclaw die. That's a 24. Wow. Holy crap, a 24. Okay, a 24. In which case, yes. I I still don't think you're hearing everything perfectly because the sound is coming through a couple walls. But you're picking up far more than anybody intended people to hear in this room. And, yeah, I think you're going to be able to hear most of what happens next now as we go back into the meeting room. Shocked faces, jaws agape, judging eyes, a snarling dragon woman. Darvin, what are you doing? I figured out something I want to say. <laughs> okay. So can I, like... Try and get everyone's attention. They're all quiet, right? Yes. Uh, okay. Countess Irina had just raised a hand in order to draw everybody's attention, but she is still grasping for words right now. Ah. So if you want to go ahead and talk, go right ahead. Like, she's just... Uh, uh, okay. I'll be like, uh, I'm sorry, not to interrupt whatever you were going to say eventually, but... No, he doesn't say that. He's not going to be a dick because she's got the withering. But something... Yeah. Let me try She's again. pleased to be interrupted. Okay. She doesn't know what to say right now. And honestly, how could you make it worse? Okay, wait, <laughs> wait just a second. The bard, my friend the bard, is honorable. You know this. And tells the truth to the fullest extent possible in any circumstances. However, I do think sometimes his sense of our importance is a little inflated. And we know that sometimes two events just happen to coincide, and that's called a coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm saying is, Arnus's story is true, but I think you'd be hard-pressed to find evidence that the two events are connected. (laughs) Arnus is assuming this, 
But I don't think there's any evidence for that. Oh, this is so good. Mm. As he's talking. Delicious. Ernest slowly has been turning his head toward Darwin with a look on his face like, what in the fuck are you talking about? Just complete and utter disbelief that he is making this statement. So much disbelief that Arnis doesn't have anything to say, <laughs> which is unusual. Okay, Darvin. Roll persuasion. Ugh. This is where things go south. Come on, new dice. 15. Not bad. Could have been worse. Okay. Elizabeth is the first to get her wits about her. Wait a second, wait a second. He already confessed. Even if it's just a coincidence, which I find highly unlikely, why would he admit to such a terrible crime if it weren't true? And if what you say is true, if your bard friend is really lying... What proof do you have? I know for a fact you had Brumble's mantle with you before you came back here. That is dangerous enough against mortal people. Who knows what that could do to a god? I'm sorry, did you hear the words that I said, or is your comprehension off somehow? <laughs> yes, poke the Like, thing. what you said doesn't match with what I said. No, it doesn't. I'm asking you to prove what you said is true. You're asking me to prove... A coincidence, or to prove that your friend is lying, or mistaken. Mistaken. Or okay. to... Mistaken makes more sense. Or to lend some sense of credence to your tale, as opposed to his. You can't both be right. Either Aranus is guilty of this crime, or Aranus is simply a fool. How do we know which to believe? Aranus is not a fool. Aranus is a criminal then. No. Aranus wants the greater good always. Aranus has made an assumption that our actions have caused this withering. I'm not saying Aranus is lying. I'm saying Aranus thinks we're a little more important than we are. I would be hard pressed to furnish evidence either way, but usually with an outlandish theory such as this little scrap we got in somehow triggered this disease, usually burden of proof is on, you know, the side with the kind of outrageous claim. So my more believable claim that these two acts have nothing to do with each other and are merely a coincidence, I, I would be hard pressed to furnish evidence for that because that's not how evidence works. At this point, by the way, seeing his, like, ridiculous and valiant attempt to defend Arnis, uh, Arnis, who has been, like, on the verge of tears this entire time, like, actually starts to cry because his friend wants so badly for us to get out of this. <laughs> Elizabeth is, is aware of Arnis's tears, but is not acknowledging them. No, I think she is staying focused on Darwin. <sighs> Listen, monk. Mr. Grimm. <laughs> Which are we to believe is more likely? You and your friend came here and killed a god, the ramifications of which I don't think anybody in this room knows, but surely dire. And this condition affecting people all across the globe, 
these two miraculous, incredibly unlikely things just happened coincidentally at the same time. If Gray the Great there is not guilty of making everybody ill, what is? I, like most reasonable people, will believe that a death of a god and a curse upon the land are pretty connected. You're making some heavy assumptions there. I would like to see how you connect those. I would like to see the evidence connecting those two ideas. Their testimony. Whose? Arnus's testimony. He admits to it. Right. Did you miss the part where I said, <laughs> you know, self-inflated sense of group importance? Not self-importance, but group importance. Can I jump in? Absolutely. Okay. Let me... <laughs> let me try, let me try to understand something like really quick and this is not Arn is actually like saying this out loud this is player Shannon wanting to know what player Nate is actually doing do you actually believe the two events are unconnected no not at all okay. <laughs> I, was just, say, no. I just wanted to make sure no I think we could have all answered that question well I just I, I wanted to make sure before I jumped in and like said something where he was going to be like uh what bro um, which he probably will anyway but now I know it's, he's faking it Okay. <clears throat> Darvin, I appreciate what you're trying to do. I appreciate you trying to shield me from this or shield Corum from this, whichever it is, it doesn't actually matter. But I I don't want to run from this anymore. I've been hiding for how long has it been since this has been going on? Three to five weeks. Almost been, two months. I've been hiding from this for almost two months. You've seen how that has worked out. <laughs> And for those of you that are new to town, uh, the answer is not well. If you are convinced by my friend here, you should ask. Oh, God. I'm about to, I'm about to do this. Why am I about to do this? Oh, no. <laughs> I am so sorry, everyone. If you are convinced by my friend here, you should ask those two what I went to their temple asking for knowledge about. And I point right at the Celestials. Oh, and Gosia's head perks up. At this point, I have to remind myself that Celestials are like 10 feet tall. So they've got larger chairs. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. As you say this, Arnis, I think Gosia looks to you and says, Well, Mr. Gray, you know we don't give information away freely, unless, of course, we have permission to. Should we tell everybody... All of what we learned while you were in our temple. Absolutely not. Then they can get whatever information they need the same as you. That's fair. And if they do, all they'll find is that, yes, we killed a god. There's going to be zero evidence connecting that to the withering. Darvin also makes a very good point there. And the two of them wouldn't have the information that I got from Barifax. No, 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 no. Okay. Darvin. Aranus, please both roll persuasion. Sorry, Darwin, you could also roll deception if you wish. I don't know if you have a different bonus. Deception is worse. We'll go persuasion. Okay. You're not going to like those skills. Nope. I got a five. Aranus? 23. So even though Elizabeth doesn't know the true facts 
about everything that happened here, or with Patches, with Pathox, with Corum, with any of that, she definitely wants to find out for herself if Aranis is being truthful, stupid, or a liar. Well, Master Grimm, as much as some of us might like to believe what you say is true, I think we definitely need to at least take Mr. Gray there for questioning. <laughs> little interrogation. He's told you everything he knows. He's told you everything I know. What's... I don't understand what there is to interrogate. I've literally laid open the entire scenario to you. To set you before the king and see how he judges you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> really? Why? Hmm. Why? If you're responsible for his illness, his family's illness, and you did it simply to save yourself... <gasps> This is a far greater crime than I myself could sentence you for. Um, I'm pretty sure it's beyond the king as well. I've already been set judgment by the god of death. I'll take my sentence from him. (laughs) (sighs) I know what I want to say here. (sighs) That... Can be arranged. Shit, she just called you out? You. I. And Darvin, she starts I'm, I'm marching s- towards you. Uh, Darvin, Hi. I'm sorry. Is she, is she one of your order? <sighs> I didn't realize that she had a direct connection to Corum. I'd like you to do something. I don't <laughs> <laughs> oh, know. No, she just intends to kill you. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, if you're I, to be judged by the god of death, she will send you to him. No, no, I, I caught that. No, I've already been judged and as she is marching around the table to get closer to Aranus, Iolana Elizabeth has certainly been loud enough for you to hear even if all of Darwin's words didn't reach you uh, you know there was an attempt at some obfuscation here but Elizabeth is a little trigger happy on the sentencing part on the inquisiting part I should say as I and boy are we shocked here that escalate to the point that it escalates to Going to center my mind. And as I do that, the the kind of, it looks like, you know, when you're looking at like an optical illusion, when it's really, really hot and the, the, the heat kind of causes the waves in the air, mm-hmm. that kind of happens. And then I just disappear. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I use step from sight. It gives me basic invisibility, not greater invisibility. Right, right. And I'm going to use that to go from where I am into the room. So now I'm at least in the room. All right. Go ahead and roll stealth with advantage here. There's a lot going on in this room already, and you're invisible. So there's a very good chance people aren't going to notice you. Come on, that had advantage. (laughs) That's a 20. For stealth? Yes. Stealth? Yes. Oh, Oh, you're not veiled. I'm so used to the... I saw a 17. I'm like, this is a 30-something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Not veiled. I have a plus three to stealth with this character. Oh, no. Dude, I have a bigger... I have ways to improve it. I have have ways to improve it. Bigger stealth bonus than you. Okay. The fluidity of this character is what it's all about. All right, all right, all right, all right. Ilana, with your invisibility, you effortlessly step into this room unnoticed. 
and Esbeth is marching around this table. And as she gets closer to Aranus, you see one of her hands just flare out down to her side as her hand grows and extends into this dragon claw with bone plating down the back of her hand that wasn't there before. What do people do? I try to run around to position myself between Arnis and Elizabeth. Were you and Arnis not sitting next to each other? No, were we, we? we were. Okay, we were. Okay. Then I just like, in that case, I just try and, you know, be, Yeah, you show. can run around Arnis's chair. Get in between there. All right. Arnis? Uh, just to be clear, you want to kill me instead of making me help try to reverse it? I could do either. But if you want to be judged by the god of death, I can send you to him. I've already been judged by the you god have, of death. You have yet to prove yourself useful. Do you have something to say? I have yet to be proved useful. Let's, one second, let's take a show of hands. How many people in this room have met a god? Ooh, 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 that's a very good question. <laughs> well, um, everybody that was in town last just, night. <laughs> wait, wait. I mean. Because it gets better. Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Um, Darvin, do you raise your hand? Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make sure we got that one out of the way. Count Vera, Countess Arena, Baron Misha all raised their hand. They all met Olwenir when she was here previously. Yeah. I'm expecting a large number with this I question, get it. Leave your way. hand up if... <laughs> yeah. Right? Teacher technique. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At the end, it's going to be, leave your hand up if you killed a god. <laughs> Let me just go through this here. Um... <laughs> and even Darvin will put his hand down for that one. Gosia raises her hand. Ovid does not. Interesting. Felicity raises her hand. Pavia and Izun both raise two vine-like uh, <laughs> arms. <laughs> I'm picturing that. That's really entertaining in my head. <laughs> Mercikeen and Holbrock, the constructs, both definitely raise their hands. The dwarves do not. Your mother does not. Court and Sorrow do not. Oh. Mavic or Wingwin? Either of them met a god before? No. Okay. They don't truck in that. Unless there's a god that's a member of the denouement. Um, I mean, not the denouement, the glamour. This doesn't seem that far-fetched, does it? Um, Churlet, Esbeth's orc companion, does not raise his hand, but Esbeth herself does. She raises her non-claw hand as she approaches you. <laughs> Perfect. Keep your hands up if you've met more than one. <laughs> Just a second. Let me go back and actually mark who's met a god on my list. <laughs> You're making Scott work hard tonight. I'm sorry, Scott. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> like, sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry because it's like a lot of work for you, and I feel bad. But like, story, but like story-wise, I'm not You've sorry. You've like what three, four. So, Corum. The halfling god. Yeah, that's why I'm counting her. The elven god. Yeah. Patches. Oh, that's right. Olwenir. And, um, and Brumble. Barifax. Oh, and Brumble and, and Barifax. That's six. Holy shit. <laughs> it's like half the pantheon. It's not, but... It's going to be a long the, evening, uh, folks. <laughs> what about the monstrosities god and the... Oh, the yeah. Oh, that's seven. seven. <laughs> Jesus. Jump. Wait. Name that one. M- no. Don't know the bone thief, right? Or is yeah. that... Yeah. What's his name? Wait, who? What? God of Monstrosities. Gosrim. Gosrim. Just sit there. Uh, yeah, sorry. We were Seven. talking and not listening when we should have been listening. Anyways, 
Ernest, please ask your question again. Perfect. Now keep your hands up if you have met more than one. And everybody lowers their hand except for Count Vera, Countess Arena, Elizabeth, and Gosia. And Darwin. <laughs> and Darwin. Yes, I will. Darwin, you can keep your hand up as long as you wish. <laughs> Next question it lowers, though. I think. You've met the same You've amount the that Arnis has. I, I know. Perfect. Keep your hands up if you have met more than five of the oh. gods. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else in the room just kind of looks around like, what? No. And all the hands come down. Except Darvin's. Show off. <laughs> <laughs> Why was I asking these questions? I have no what idea. Building to? No, I was I think building. you're just showing off. I was. Are you building to a like, final one of like, raise your hand if you kill the oh, god? Oh, like, she was that's talking to me about like, doing like, Quorum's judgment on me. You have yet to prove yourself useful, so if you want to be judged by Quorum, she'll send you there. Everyone should look around the room. If you want someone who's going to be useful in knowing, perhaps, the gods' intentions, I think you have the two most useful people on the face of this planet. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Aranis, roll some persuasion with advantage. Way to build that advantage, by the way. You gotta want it, Johnny D. <laughs> You're shaming these people. Really sort of am. Ooh. That is a 22. Okay. As Elizabeth finishes closing that gap, puts their non... Sorry. They're both dragon hands. It's not like she's got humanish looking hands. They're still scaly and claw-like, but only one of them has grown to be closer to her natural form size. So she puts the other one first on Darwin's shoulder in an act to start to move him aside, pulls the big dragon claw back and goes to like reach forward and grab you around the throat when she is interrupted. Ooh. When she is interrupted as Churlet grabs her arm to prevent her from striking you down. No, no, he's got a point. We can still get information out of him. Then we can sentence him. Okay. At this point, I'd like to do something. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming the room's small enough that I'm within 120 feet of them. Uh, yeah. So, big ass room if it's not. <laughs> I don't know how much Arnis hates this, but I'm going to do it. Oh. Uh, Arnis, you're going to hear in my head, in your head. Son of a bitch. Arnis, I know you don't like it when I do this, but I just want you to know that I'm here. I can help. And if you want, you can disappear right now. I can talk back, right? In your head, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know actually what I'm... I can give you a moment. I've got stuff these NPCs can be doing. Yeah, go ahead. Because telepathy is pretty much secret right now. Go ahead. Sure. Yeah. Unless Darwin's got something that he wants to do. I want to say something I back, but I'm not so. sure what I want to okay. tell you to do. Because Elizabeth did just lay second. hands on you. Yeah, I know, but I'm really trying not to escalate stuff on this. So. Maybe after I do that for Arnis, I also do it for Darwin. Same message. Can you maintain multiple at the same it's, time? It's like talking to someone directly. So it's not a maintaining, but it's like I send a message to him and I send a message but to I mean, them. Their ability oh. to send messages back. Let me look at that. That's the only part that I'm worried about. Is it like if you email? switch to Darwin, then does that cut off the chain, the, the thread with Arnis? So you might have to tell Arnis you'll call him back or something. So it reads directly, 
You can tele- telepathically speak to any creature that you can see within 120 feet of you in this manner um, tele- telepathically. You don't need to share a language with the creature for it to understand your telepathic messages, but the creature must be able to understand at least one language or be telepathic itself. Hmm. That doesn't seem to actually say anything about me being able to talk back. It does not. Or did I just, like, miss something? It's a, I, I, The first sentence says, your mind awakens to the ability to communicate via telepathy, so we can communicate, is what I understand that hmm. to mean. Actually, you know what? I could read this either way. Mm-hmm. There's a very strong case for saying this is a one-way telepathy, but that's boring. <laughs> Thank you. Agreed. But I will say it can only be one at a time. Okay. Like, if you want them to respond back, this is you maintaining a telepathic bond with someone, unless they already have telepathy, in which case, go hog wild. Which we don't. Yeah, one-way telepathy is mm-hmm. a little creepy, but also really limiting. So, do you want to break off your telepathic connection with Arnis to speak to Darwin? I'm going to hate myself for this, but I think you're right, Scott. It probably is intended to be one way because like there's a basic talent, which is the level of a cantrip that allows Mm. the two way. Okay. So cool. So you can't communicate with me, but you get a like, I'm here to help. Okay. No, I'm I'm fine with them being able to communicate. As long as we keep it with with Ernest, as long as it's maintaining. We can say... um, like it's a concentration type thing. Okay, cool. That works. I'm going to jot that down so we don't forget. Just because I, I think that's more interesting. Cool. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, so we're connected. Okay. Okay. Where were we? Oh, yeah. Arnis was trying to think of something to telepathically say back. Yeah. Came up with uh, nothing yet. <laughs> so the NPCs. Count Vera is going to put a hand, her good hand, on Irina's shoulder and call out for peace. No, she's going to call out for order. Please, please, we're not here to fight anybody. Even if this bard is responsible, that at least gets us closer to an answer if we know what the problem is. If you kill them now, that's not going to achieve anything. And punishing one person seems so insignificant compared to the number of people currently hurting and dying. And you see that bone spread just a little bit more as she strains herself. People are listening and trying to calm down a little bit. Elizabeth is listening to her subordinate as Trillet stays her hand. And after Count Vera says this, Holbrock, the construct, stands up brusquely and walks around the other side of the table, coming up and lays a very firm hand on your shoulder, not in an effort to grab you. This is like a... <sighs> He lays a hand on your shoulder like a disappointed parent. <laughs> oh, shit. Well. And he will say, Arnis, Darvin, even if the two of you are responsible for this, we can't believe that you sought this outcome. <laughs> but if you did do it, we want to know everything we can about it so we can undo it. And if you'll accept our aid, we will accept yours. Sorry, who's this we're talking to again right now? Uh, this is Holbrock, the construct, okay, who hooked okay. you up with that fancy leg blade. Because yeah. we were like super awesome to them in the bar. Yeah, right. You guys have been building a good rapport with them, so yeah. I'm trying to pay that off. Okay, first in my head, I say back to Iolana, I hate when you talk in my head, <laughs> <laughs> but stay hidden. Get as close to us as you can. 
Cool. And then out loud to Holrock, I say thank you, I guess. I mean, like, I don't say I don't say thank you, I guess. I say <laughs> um I I I'm not really sure if I should be like thanking them or not, but I guess he doesn't want to see me killed, so I suppose that's a plus. So I just say thank you. He just nods very subtly. Darwin, Ilana, anything you want to do right now? I will second the thanks. That seems like the most reasonable thing we've heard. My first question is going to be, how long is it going to be since I turned invisible? Because there's a time frame on that. Well, let's start with how long does your invisibility last? One minute. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, ye- Okay. What I would have done is like come into the room and find a darkened corner to stand in so that we can be visible. Not the kind of room this is. Yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> um if your invisibility only lasts a minute, I'm gonna say we are just about at that point. You've done this enough. Mm-hmm. You know the timing of it. You know you've only got moments left before this invisibility wears out. Iolana, what do you want to do? Oh, I got an idea to break the tension. Oh, God. I want to go to the door. And Invisible like, hygiene. Try and time it so that like, it opens and closes right as I become visible. So it looks like I just came into the room and I'm like, what's up, guys? <laughs> okay. Do the classic, like, oh, I just walked in. Oh, what's going on? What's going on in here? All right. Roll one more stealth with advantage as you try to move back across the room. 21. Fine. No problem at all. So Ilana moves back over towards the door, standing inside the room, very carefully opens it, and the invisibility wears off right then. And everybody turns to see this Janasi enter the room. Tiny little thing. Arnis immediately looks over, sees her, and goes, Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, everybody turns. Ilana, what do you do? Hi. Um, there's a collective confusion as nobody knows who the hell you are. Exactly. Arn is under his breath is going, I give one fucking instruction. One instruction. Just (laughs) just one. One instruction. Countess Serena will say, excuse me, what are you doing in here? We're discussing some very important business at the moment. Let's, let's play this card. Play stupid. Let's try that. I was just hoping to request the use of the the library. Countess Arena will say, This is not the time. You're going to have to come back after we conclude our business here. We cannot attend to your request at the moment. Arnis, you going to say anything right now? Is anybody saying anything right now? No. Arnis is just giving you a, like, flat, hard look. Like, what... In the hell were you thinking? But Arnis is not at the point where he wants to acknowledge that he knows you because then you're going to get dragged into this mess with me and Darwin. That's true. So he's giving you a look, but he's not He's not going to give any overt verbal acknowledgement of you. I'm trying to think of who I know in the room. Oh, uh, Sam's not there, is he? No, no, no. no Sam's not in Damn. here. He would not have been invited. He'd have had, somebody would have had to request his presence. Yeah. What's the layout of this room? Like, are there windows? Oh, yeah. There's windows. This, sorry. 
This room is typically used for large events, like feasts and meetings. As described before, there's a large crystalline object in the middle of the room, very much looking like a natural cluster of crystals. The one exception being that in the middle, there's one that is definitely a bulb. A very small one, torch-sized. Around that is a large rectangular table. Seats, well, definitely enough people that fit this meeting. Probably more if they were sitting closer. This table sits a few feet lower than the rest of the room. The outside of that currently is all open. When Darwin and Arnest were here previously, there were smaller tables set out for the party. So people have little spots to stop and talk and like have places to put their drinks and food. Okay. Windows definitely at least on one of these walls um, and a few different entrances. You said uh, Darvin's, I want to call her a cleric, but I don't know if she's a cleric. His, her religious, his religious friend is her, present, right? Yeah, Felicity. Felicity she's and I have met. Yeah. And we've spoken about our religious affiliations before. I do recall that. Sure. We talked about that when we met. So I'm going to kind of look around the room and notice there's an important meeting going on and then see her and see the celestials and see the vast variety of people in the room. And I'm going to say, uh, I, I notice, I mean, everyone in town has heard what this, con- what you're con- conferring about, and I notice you're lacking a, a delegate from the elementals. Might I join as one who speaks with, and I would never say for, Cobernal, to mm. add a, another voice to the quorum? Worth a shot. <gasps> it's a decent play. There are so many people here who want to question your claim. Um, who's going to have the least amount of tact? Elizabeth. <laughs> I don't want to lean on her for this. Um, she would definitely have like absolutely the least amount of tact, but right now her focus is a little bit more elsewhere. Let's go with Pavia, one of the plants. If you'll excuse us, miss, how are we to believe that a half-elemental has a connection with their god. Why would Cobernal speak to you? Well, let's start with the fact that out of anyone in this room, I have more connection to him by my very blood. Um, Thank you for insulting my person. We can't all be walking, talking trees. (laughs) A little bit of my hate flow through that. I'm not used to having my... I'm not. I come from a sheltered place. I'm not used to having my genetics insulted. Yeah. No, that's fair. As she's saying this, by the way, Arnus's eyes are getting like wider and wider and wider because he's lived with that like, quote unquote, half breed hate his whole life. And he's just like, what in the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I look this plant creature dead in its face and I'm asking and I say, are you asking for a display of my power? No. Because I think you might remember that from a few nights ago. <laughs> I don't think that, that that fight was a secret. I don't think that fight was a secret. No, that no, fight wasn't a secret. <laughs> but I can't get back into it with them, which is why I'm like freaking out that she just said that. Because I'm like, I can't, if you, if they attack, I can't help <laughs> if they attack you. No, I'm just using it as a like, you do remember I've thrown some power around. Yeah. All of it elemental. <laughs> Except for the psionic stuff. <laughs> If you don't count the things that weren't, it all was. <laughs> we know that the gods are responsible for much magic in this world. 
but they are not responsible for all the skills that individuals hold. What office do you hold in your religion? What proof do you have? Why should any of us believe you? I am but a priest who's traveled with a merchant ship, and I reach in and I pull out of my shirt the emblem of my god. <laughs> not the other thing on a chain in my shirt right now. Um, no, not that coin. I, no, no, and I let it and I let it dangle in full view. All right, roll deception. I should have prepared for this lie a little better. That's a three. Plus nothing, because I haven't prepared. A trinket. Something you could get for coppers down at the wharf. Now, if a real priest of Coburnal is here, we'd be happy to speak with them. But not you. Not this imposter. Question. <laughs> yes, Aranus. Is everybody in this room a particular, like, priest of a god? No. No, no, not at all. Oh, this this is actually Arnis asking oh, this question. Oh, oh, I thought that was you, the player asking. No, 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 because I I know they're not. <laughs> so I like this is this is Arnis asking this question. Is is everybody in here a a priest of a of a particular god? There's a few heads just shaking. No, like no, like that's ridiculous. So you're all just here as representatives, like of your people or your places, right? Mm-hmm. Well. Iolana seems to be of a people that is not represented here. And if they had represented themselves as such instead of lying to us, that'd be a different story. Do we need a representative of all liars everywhere? No. No, we don't believe we do. We will let you know if that changes. Okay. I'm going to look past the plant people at the two elves who are clearly leading this conversation. Okay put my hand on the door as if to leave and say to them, is it your policy to throw away assistance? Countess Arena will ask, if your purpose in coming in here was to offer assistance, why did you not lead with that instead of a story about a priesthood? My experience, people don't take me seriously or my kind, I say, looking back at the plant people. It is difficult for people to take liars seriously. Nothing to say about who you are, but if you wish people to listen, the truth goes far better. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Arnis is going to jump in Go for it. and he's going to say, uh, said the elf to the half breed. <sighs> the point of it is like elves never have a reason to lie in Arnis's view. There's never any reason to lie to like protect themselves or anything like that, right? Mm -hmm. So Arnis sees her point that sometimes the lie is safer than the truth. Mm -hmm. Eolan has been insulted, doesn't really get social convention. They're going to take the hand that's on the door. They're going to point it right at the ossification on her and said, we'll enjoy inheriting the earth and walk out. I'm just going to stand by the window nearest to you so I can bust in when you need me. But that's how Iolana will leave the room. Because it's completely socially inappropriate, but she don't get that. <sighs> okay. Back to Aranus's point. Yeah, was, it is- like, stunned, by the way, at that exit. Like, oh my god, this fucking girl. <laughs> like, uh, oh, now I'm in a mess. Okay. Yeah. Back to Aranus's point. Yeah, I can definitely also see from their perspective where- not having had to encounter that before, 
they don't understand it. Yeah. But yeah, no, Ilana had to go and make a scene. All right. Oh my gosh. Darvin, what are you doing? Um, at this point, nothing. Mm-hmm. I think I've said all I can. I'm just, you know, still okay. protecting RNS in case it comes to it, even though it seems less right. needed. Um, Maybe. In which case, Elizabeth, calming herself, will turn to the room. If you all would indulge us, we would like to support Holtbrock's idea of getting as much information as we can, hearing exactly what happened. And if people won't be offended, as she looks directly at Darwin and Aranus, my associate here can ensure that they tell the truth. <laughs> as Turlet prepares to cast Zone of Truth on you if you're willing to tell this story in public. Well, you know, in this open meeting. How does Zone of Truth work again? Uh, you, you can make lie. a save, and if you fail, you can't lie. You can leave stuff can out, Can you still though. omit stuff? Yes. You can, so, o- you can omit anything you want, right? I can omit all the stuff yeah. about okay. Vale being an you assassin. You can choose not to answer. I can omit yeah. all of that, which so, I will. So as long as everything says we say is true. Or- yeah. yeah. But would- I've already told them. Like, right, you've already given them 90% the truth, of it. Yeah. The only part I haven't told them is about how we question Barifact. No, no, that's right. not what they want to know. That's not what they're asking about. So- so we're not that sure what they're going to ask. So I don't, told I don't actually have a problem. Okay. Do neither, I need to roll the save anyway? Yeah, no. probably. Or no. If, if I you just... want it to affect you, you can just let it affect you. I'm just going to let it affect me you then. You can choose to fail a save yeah. whenever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time you wouldn't. But here, I yeah. don't care. I'm planning on telling the truth to them anyway. Darvin? I've already told most of it. Are you okay? The zone of truth hitting you? Fine. Okay. No problem there. Everybody else takes a few steps back <laughs> as Churlet as casts a zone of truth on you once again. Elizabeth, satisfied that you will speak only the truth, is joined by Holbrock. Elizabeth asks, picking up on Holbrock's question, what exactly happened with Pathox? And we don't need to go through everything because it was a lot. I think what we really just need to know is what's left out. Or if that's the majority of it, what's left in. Oh. Meaning what? I don't know that I understand the question. What's left out of the story? Yeah. What do you Oh, okay. Because you can just omit things freely. So if it's like two things that you leave out, I want to know what's left out. But if it's like, oh no, I'm only gonna say these two things and leave ninety eight percent of the story out. Oh. We should probably tell them what we're gonna say rather than the opposite in case there's something we forgot about that's gonna bite us in the ass, right? So I just want to know, is there any... Guess so. Is there anything, like, big that you leave out? Or are you just focusing on it? Or are you focusing in on just a few specific details? Let me see if I'm remembering correctly exactly what happened before I give you an answer to that. Right? Like, we met Pathox twice. Mm -hmm. Right? We met him in his shop. Mm -hmm. When... Who was that? That was Earl Earl. Was like, I found you a thing that we can go, like, do stuff and, like, get... Make us some money. Make us some money. And he sent us on that, like, quest, and we, like, basically killed his his friend, right? Yeah. You went and killed Terrace. You did not know it was Terrace at the time, but yeah. It was Tane at the time. I recount to them that we had met him before, which is why we knew he was in Capris, but I don't, I don't give them any detail about that mission with Tane okay. at all. I don't tell them about the mask. I don't tell them about the dagger. I don't tell them about any of it. Okay. 
or the shirt of buttons. <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, no, I don't care about that. But um, the events specifically around his death would be more important. Right. The fight, the portal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also absolutely don't tell them about memory patches <laughs> or like any of that because I'm leaving anything to do with Vale being an assassin completely out of the story. Okay. So that one meeting in in Capris and then our meeting him the second time. And I give as much detail as I can about that particular like fight and how it went down. Okay. And that is including the portal. Okay. And what I saw beyond it and all that. Are you including Vale in all of that? Well, as a person. Okay. Yes, but not as an assassin. And how are you referring to Vale? As Vale? Okay. What what do you No, no, like, no, that I just want to know. Just want to know. Cuz Iolana wants to know, right? Cuz Iolana well, can hear all this. Sitting outside oh, the yeah. window. Oh yeah, Iolana hears all this. Darvin, is there anything that you stop Arnis from saying? I can't think of anything. All right. Is there anything that you add to this story? Definitely not. <laughs> Nothing about your little deal with Corum there. That <laughs> mm, doesn't seem relevant. Okay. So as you're wrapping up this story about the fight underneath his little shop, Countess Serena will ask, "Is that why it's a crater now?" I just simply say yes. <sighs> Is he still there? No. No. Or at least I don't think so. I mean. Was there still a body when you left? Was there? His body did not disappear. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yes, there was still a, a body when we left. And we just have to burn the body. Salt it. <laughs> Salt the body. Salt and burn the bury body. Bury it. Salt, bury it, and burn it. Not in that order. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to salt, burn it, and then <laughs> yeah, bury yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, salt and then burn it. <laughs> in the four all corner. Right, all hearing all this... I think Hemmert's going to stand back up. Hemmert Barkblade, mm. the dwarf. Mm-hmm. Well, if all of this was caused by the death of a god, and you've been resurrected before, why don't we just go back down there and bring him back? <laughs> Won't that fix everything? I'm not going to worry so much about whether or not I'm telling the truth here. You can just tell me whether or not I'm allowed to say any of this stuff, because I'm speculating. Okay. Um, I, you... If you could find a way to put Pathox back into Patch's body, it might reverse what is happening. And all of these sentences have question marks after them. (laughs) That's Um, fine. But I got resurrected by making a deal with the God of Death. The tenant of that deal was to kill this other god, so I'm pretty sure he's not going to be like, oh, sure, let me just bring that dude back, because that was our deal. Wait, wait, wait. Elizabeth interrupts. So you're saying that even if we could bring him back, we shouldn't because of you? No, that's not what I said at all. I said that I was brought back by Coram's grace. Okay. And that I don't know how other people would get resurrected because that's not like a thing that happens well, anymore. We just need to find somebody who is a little bit closer to Corum. A Master Grimm. <laughs> uh, 
but no. You're barking up the wrong tree on that one. <laughs> because anyone that's closer to Corum will tell you what I'm sure Darwin is thinking, which is the only good death is a permanent one. And I just kind of... <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Fine. We don't need the assistance of Master Grimm or his monk brotherhood back in Karami. We can get assistance elsewhere. They are not the only followers of Corum. Perhaps others will be more agreeable. Wait, hold up. And Arnis is like visibly trying not to like chuckle. Pretty sure that going to anybody that like follows the ways of Corum is not going to get you what you want. They're welcome to try though. But I'm pretty sure you're going to need to go elsewhere. Where that is, I don't know. In the face of this situation, I'm willing to try elsewhere. And luckily for me, I do know where else to look. Well, good. That is lucky. Now then. <sighs> okay. I think right away, Hemert and Ismara will offer up tools and equipment and people to help excavate that crater and get back down there to find that body. This is the closest thing anybody's had to an idea yet. Count Vera, Countess Serena are more than happy to let people try to start something. Comes down to this then. Elizabeth is feeling pretty satisfied with herself right now. God, I want to smack her. Found stupid face. the man responsible for all this, by his own admission at least, willing to entertain the outside possibility that it's a coincidence but is not going to look your confession in the mouth. Especially after you've answered so much truthfully here. Well, Mr. Gray, are you saying you accept fault for what's happened here? For what's happened everywhere? For what's happening right now? No. <laughs> How? How? How is that no? A task was put in front of me. I completed that task. There were consequences of those actions that I had no idea were going to happen. I accept oh, really? a certain amount of responsibility that, th that you know, there are consequences for killing a god, of course. But I refuse to take complete fault for something which... And I give Darwin the most, I'm sorry, buddy, look, I possibly can and say, I refuse to take full responsibility for something which Quorum had to know was a possibility hmm. or was, in fact, going to happen when I killed Patches, Pathox. It's okay. Would you then consent to appearing before the king to determine how guilty you are? I'm just sitting under the window, meditating, <laughs> listening to the whole thing, waiting. No. <sighs> then who do we hold accountable? Patches. Gorham. And I give Darwin another, oh god, buddy, I'm sorry. <clears throat> the god of death. Well, if you don't want to face the king's judgment, you need to do something to fix this. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close, but the story will always continue. 
Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 City Council level, thank you, Tucker Tuttle and Shannon DeMello. At the $10 Mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello and Sierra Jones. At the $15 Governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blockland for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at Art by Vanessa B. And thanks to Daryl Dibber Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at dibbermusic.com and on Twitter at dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrim.